Okay, okay. All right, I see all seven counselors here, so I can, yeah. I can do a roll call if you'd like. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, yes. The meeting will not come to order. Clerk Hurtivies, please call the roll. Council Mayors. <laughs> Present. Vice President Caraviello. Present. Council Knight. Present. Council Marks. Present. Council Morell. Present. Council Scarpelli. Present. President Falco. Present. All seven members are present. 19-659 and 20-042 committee the whole meeting notice Wednesday, May 20th, 2020 at 6 p.m. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, general law chapter 38, section 18, and the governor's March 15, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place. This meeting and the Memphis City Council will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with a right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the uh, meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording transcript or other comprehensive uh, record of proceedings as, as soon as possible after the meeting. It will be a meeting of the Medford City Council Committee the Whole on Wednesday, May 20, 2020 at 6 p.m. via Zoom. The purpose of the meeting, uh, the purpose of the meeting is to review and discuss the proposed marijuana ordinance. Uh, the City Council has invited Acting City Solicitor Kimberly Scanlon, uh, Chief of Police Jeff, Jack Buckley, uh, Building Commissioner Paul Mokey, Chief of Staff David Rodriguez, Director of Public Health Marianne Alcotta, and representatives from KP Law to attend the meeting. For further information, aids, and accommodations, contact the city clerk at 781-393-2425. Sincerely yours, John C. Falco, Jr., council president. Well, thank everyone for being here tonight. And um, this is uh, this meeting is basically to continue our discussion on the marijuana ordinance and to review the changes that we uh, received over the past week from KP Law. Um, I believe we have... Uh, uh, let's see, Katie's with us from KP Law, I believe. Yep. Hi, Katie. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, so uh, she's with us from KP Law. We have our city solicitor with us as well, Kim Scanlon, and uh, David Rodriguez as well. So we thank everyone for being here. And um, so over the past week, or during the past week, we received a, uh, uh, let's see, an email from KP Law. Uh, let's see, it was on the 19th of May. Everyone received a copy. Uh, from Jonathan uh, Silverstein, um, and on the uh, email, the details uh, attaches a red line of the marijuana zoning ordinance. Uh, you will see that there are a number of recommend, uh, recommended changes and proposed comments. Some of the primary issues for the council's consideration are, and there are six um, six items that he's listed. And what I'm thinking of tonight is actually. Uh, that we go through these six items first because these seem to be the uh, main issues uh, with regard to uh, what we need to review. Um, and then um, once we make decisions on those, then I think we can probably move on to uh, the uh, 
you know, looking at the uh, marijuana ordinance as a whole. Um, Katie, would, would you uh, um, be in favor of heading in that direction? And would you maybe go through some of those changes that were uh, recommended on the email? Sure, I would be happy to do that. Um, and I think that's, that's a good approach that I think that will address a lot of the issues um, that are at the and uh, is it best? Is a best bet for me to uh, share my screen with the uh, email, and then everyone can look at that as we go? Or uh, would, would would that sounds reasonable? Yeah. Okay. So I'll try my best here to do this. <laughs> is your son home? <laughs> He's on backup, just in case. <laughs> uh, so just give me a second, please. Okay. So this is. Can you see that? Can you see the email? That's uh, small. Yeah. Go yeah, full screen. Can you see it now? John, you got a magnifying glass? Uh, that's. Can you, change, can you copy paste and change the font, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, you better call your son. Oh. Does, does everybody have a copy or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Katie, um, maybe we can go to the first one, number one, medical facilities. Sure. Okay. What page are we on? So I, we're just talking about the comment in email, um, but in the, I'm just here, medical marijuana is addressed in a section right at the, the beginning of the ordinance um, after the whereas clauses and the purpose and intent, there's a section, it's just marked XX medical marijuana establishments. I believe that is on page two, if you're following along in the actual text of the ordinance. Um, so th the issue that we wanted to highlight for you with respect to medical marijuana is um, the fact that the language as it stands right now talks about um, regulations for medical marijuana establishments that were approved by the Department of Public Health prior to October 15th uh, or October uh, 2015. Um, we were a little unclear where this date originated from. Medical marijuana was allowed in the state of Massachusetts beginning in 2012. And um, up until 2017, there was a, a period of time when, when individuals were receiving uh, what was known as the Provisional Certificate of Registration from the Department of Public Health. I, I checked with um, Assistant City Solicitor Scanlon about whether anyone had received any approvals in Medford, and I also checked with the Cannabis Control Commission. And my research and, and her understanding is that there have been no applicants that have received approval for medical facilities in Medford at this time. So I mean, I guess my first question is, is does anyone have any different, any information that would um, conflict with that? Uh, Council Knight. Mr. President, I believe that the language that's included in the draft was a reflection of the snapshot in time when it was being authored. And because uh, this process has taken an inordinately long time, I think there are many references that might be outdated at this point in time. 
um, moving forward, I think that, you know, it might make sense for us to adopt recommendation number one um, and request that, uh, you know, updated language be integrated into the zoning amendment and offer that in the form of a motion. Second that motion, Mr. President. Okay, uh, so on the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Carviello, that we, um, Council Knight, you cut out a little bit on me, so uh, is it to adopt the language that's been proposed by KP Law? Um, the recommendation is to um, adopt the recommendation of KP Law and request that they uh, provide us with some language and integrate it into the zoning document. Okay. On that, are there any questions about that from the Council? Councilor Scarpelli. Muted. Georgia muted. Let me. All right, okay. guys. Are we talking about the KDL1 and KDL2 in the written document? Uh, page two. We're, okay. So, if, if I may, our recommendation would be that all marijuana establishments be regulated the same, regardless of whether, whether they're providing a retail medical service or retail adult use service. Um, so the definition of marijuana establishment would be inclusive of the adult use categories and, and any medical uh, uses. And then everything would be required to receive a host community agreement, a special permit, everything would be treated the same way. And that, that's the way many communities have, have dealt with these. And on the state level, um, the Cannabis Control Commission is regulating medical and adult use right now. Department of Public Health is no longer has any regulatory authority over the medical program. And, um, and the host community agreement requirements um, are, are applicable to both under state law. Okay, Council Scarpelli, you all said, or I am. Thank you. Apologize. No, no, no worries. Thank you, uh, Councilor Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, so, Katie, what you're saying uh, is what you're saying is uh, your the recommendation would be to remove this specific section on page two, and then that would fall under. I forget where it comes later in the document, but just the, the specific types of allowed uses. Um, is that what you're saying? That's right. It would, okay. it would integrate with the rest of the, and we could remove that entire section. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see, Councilor Knight. So, in essence, what we're doing is just establishing a level play level playing field for all applicants for the various type of licenses that they could be applicable for. That's with correct. Yeah. And the reality on the ground right now is that there are very few establishments that are looking to set up a medical only shop. Um, most of the you know, if you have a retail location, chances are if they want to do medical, it's a, a co-located medical and adult use sale, um, sale establishment. Okay, Council Knight, you all set? I am, Mr. President. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, on the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Council Caviello, Clerk Hurtabies, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmatives. You're in the negative. The motion passes.
Okay, number two, types of adult use licenses. The draft ordinance addresses and defines a number of types of adult use facilities, but not all of them. For instance, delivery only facilities are not addressed. Katie, would you like to comment on that, please? Sure, and this um, actually, in, if you're following along in the draft ordinance, it's also on, the first time we encounter this is on page two, and there's a, a comment in there, comment in there to the effect of, um, that, that really lists all the different types of adult use license currently available from the Cannabis Control Commission. Um, most of those are addressed in some fashion throughout the, the ordinance at the current time. The, the one that was noticeably missing was delivery only licensees because that is something that the commission has only recently started to regulate. Um, but I recommend we make it clear throughout the ordinance that, that all types of adult use establishments with the exception of social consumption are permitted um, and that all of them are subject to the special permitting and host community agreement requirements of the ordinance. Any questions on that? Uh, motion to accept that? Oh, motion to accept, Mr. President. Okay. On, on the motion to accept by Vice President Caviello, seconded by Councilor Marks, I believe Councilor Knight had a question. Um, just that um, I ask that it be integrated into the zoning document so that moving forward um, we can get rid of the, you know, we produced the red line document. Now KP's got a red line, blue line document, it looks like. So I'm hoping that at the conclusion of this meeting we can almost have a um, complete zoning amendment that, um, you know, we can have the ability to take a look at its, its um, solid form next time we meet, Mr. President. Okay. Sounds good. So. Okay, so um, God, uh, let's see, Clerk Hurtaby, you had your hand up. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the motion that's currently on the uh, that's currently up for debate is, so I, I, I need to get that. God, Vice President Caviello, you made the motion. It's on uh, on uh, uh, on number two. On the on the uh, if you can, I don't know, Mr. Click, if you can see it on your screen. So is that to accept the language? Yes. yes. Seconded by Councilor Marks, and then the amendment was to integrate the language into the. Redline copy, is that correct, Council Knight? Um, I believe that the draft list has a number of places, but it's not all of them. So we'd request the exhaustive list of definitions be integrated into the zoning document. Correct. Okay. So on that motion, Clerk Hurtabies, please call the roll. Hold on a second, I'm still typing this up. Okay. Who's second in the motion? Council oh. Marks. Thank you. Okay, here comes the roll call. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative, the motion passes. Number three, priority for economic empowerment applicants. The ordinance includes a reference to priority economic empowerment applicants. However, the economic empowerment program has been closed by the CCC, the CCC Social Equity Program. One second. Uh, the CCC Social Equity Pro Program is still open. However, if the council wishes to have a priority program, it may, uh, it may want to do so for the social, social equity program. Also, the ordinance is silent as to how to implement this priority 
which may be difficult in the context of a zoning special permit, the council may wish to have the priority app, uh, priority apply in connection with the HCA process instead. Katie, would you like to comment on that? Yes. So there are two programs that the Campus Control Commission uh, instituted in order to give um, benefits to those who've been disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. Um, one was the Economic Empowerment Program and the other was the Social Equity Program. The Economic Empowerment qualifications are those that you have listed in your ordinance, um, but anybody who met those criteria uh, had a limited window of time in which to apply for priority review with the Cannabis Control Commission, and that period was only open for approximately three months and then it closed. So if you got during that period and you got priority review with the Cannabis Control Commission. Um, what they have ongoing is a, a different program which is known as the Social Equity Applicant. And if you look on page two again of the ordinance under definitions where you've defined economic empowerment applicants, I've included in the comment there what the, the category or what the criteria are for qualifying as a social equity applicant. There are three different ways you can qualify. Um, on the state level, if you qualify as social equity, you do get some uh, priority review, but you also get you access um, other state resources to help you in your, your business planning and things like that. Um, I just wanted to make sure that the, the it was clear on the distinction between those two programs. And if you want to create a priority review system for economic empowerment applicants based on those criteria, that's fine. Um, I just wanted to make sure you understood the distinction between the two programs and, and when, you know, the, the one had closed. Part of that, that comment really has to do with whether or not zoning is the right mechanism for giving priority review to individuals that qualify either as social equity or economic empowerment. Basically, when you have a special permit process, you are really tied to the state law in terms of, um, for example, the, the timeline in which you need to accept and act on a special permit application. Um, and you're also limited to reviewing applications under the criteria of the bylaw. And there can, you cannot have decisions that um, are arbitrary and capricious in, in terms of how you grant those permits. They really permits have to be granted based on the meeting of the qualifications in the bylaw. Um, so I guess the question that, and this is really a policy one for the council, is to consider, um, number one, how you want to define your priority program qualifiers, two, whether it makes sense to perhaps put that into your host community agreement review process so that you're giving, um, you have more discretion in, in that stage of the review to give people priority and then you know once you have a host community agreement those individuals just go through the special permit process um as you as you normally would okay thank thank you very much the president um, there's, there's never uh the council night thank council marks did you say yes okay so let's council night thank council marks and council of beers council night um, yes, Mr. President, when the subcommittee did the work, uh, it was the intent to provide a priority review process that would have been tied to the selection committee. So um, I think it does make sense to take it out of the zoning amendment and include it in the um, selection committee ordinance that we discussed last week. Um, so with that being said, I'd make a motion uh, to adopt the recommendation to remove 
um, the economic empowerment aspect from the zoning amendment, and um, we can leave that to be addressed through the uh, host community agreement selection committee ordinance that we're going to take up. Second. Okay, on the motion of Councillor Knight, seconded by Councillor Morrell, Councillor Marks. Uh, pretty much that was what I was going to say, Mr. President, so I oh. agree. Okay. okay, good. Thank you, Councillor Marks. Uh, Councillor Beers, I believe you had your hand up as well. Yeah, um, I just wanted to voice that I think we should include this a social equity program, but if we're going to talk about this when we go over the selection process uh, ordinance, I'll hold my comments until then. Okay. Thank you, Councilor Beers. Any other questions from the council? Any, any other questions in general? Okay. President, I need, I need, I need uh, Councilor Knight's motion again, please. Councilor Knight, could you uh, reread? Yeah. So um, the the motion would be to remove the reference to the economic empowerment applicants and instead from the zoning amendment and take that up during the host community agreement selection committee ordinance. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I can't, I can't go that fast. Sorry. To remove priority for economic empowerment applicants. Yes. From the zoning amendment. Uh-huh. And address it through the selection committee ordinance. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. On that motion by Councilor Knight, seconded by Councilor Morell. Clerk Artemis, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative, the motion passes. Next item, enforcement. As drafted, the ordinance will provide for automatic rescission of a special permit if certain events occur. Special permits are not generally subject to rescission. At a minimum, we would recommend that a public hearing take place prior to such action. Even with such procedural safeguards, however, there is a chance that such a provision could be subject to challenge. Katie. Yes. So if you've ever been through an action for zoning enforcement, you, you understand that there are some, some limitations um, in state law as to how you can proceed to enforce zoning. And, and one of the things that we're concerned about is having um, the ability to rescind a special permit without any kind of due process. Normally, the way zoning is enforced is through... Um, either your building commissioner or building inspector issuing a fine or a warning or cease and desist. Um, and often we end up going to court to get an injunction against, you know, a use or, or requiring someone to do something that they're not complying with. So, um, so our, we would recommend that we change this language at a, again, at a minimum, if you're going to do a rescission to, to require that there be some public hearing um, take place. Otherwise, rely on the, the mechanisms for zoning enforcement that exist currently in the ordinance. Okay, thank you. Councilor Knight. Um, motion to request that legal counsel provide us with language relative to best practices uh, and integrated into the zoning document. 
Second that motion, Mr. President. On that motion by Council Knight, seconded by Vice President Caviello. Are there any further questions? I, I can't get the, I can't get the motion down that quickly, Mr. President. Okay. Council Knight, can you please provide clarification? Um, that council uh, legal counsel provide city council with best practice language addressing the concern and integrating it into the zoning document for future review. Mr. President? Yes, is that, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm working on two pages uh, here. It's not the Council of Marks, is that you? Yes, yes, Mr. President, I just had a question for Katie. Um, typically, how do other communities handle this? Do they have an enforcement section or do they just refer to uh, current uh, enforcement for zoning ordinances? I've seen this handled a couple of ways. Um, one is to just rely on your usual practices for zoning enforcement. Um, the other thing that I have seen is that special permits, um, and I think this is already part of, of the ordinance, special permits issue for a, a set period of time and then are subject to renewal. Um, so if I think it's five years in, in this one. So if in that five-year period, there's a history of, of zoning issues, then that can factor into whether or not a permit is renewed. Um, so, so that is another effective way of addressing con ongoing concerns with zoning enforcement. Thank you. Thank you, Council Marks. Okay, uh, are there any other questions? No? Okay. So on the motion by Council Knight, seconded by Council Caviello. Vice President Caviello, please call the roll, Clerk Hernandez. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Setting the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Number five. Sequencing of host community agreement, negotiation, and special permit application. The common approach is to have HCAs negotiated prior to a decision on a special permit, but not necessarily to require finalization of the HCA prior to the application for the special permit. The draft does not specify the sequencing. It is, of course, up to the council how to address this issue. Katie, would you like to comment on that, please? Sure, and, and I think that this ordinance, in the, in the time I've been working on it, which I know is short, um, I've seen it sort of take a couple of iterations here. Um, initially, it was special permit before HC negotiation. Now, I believe, as of the last meeting, uh, there's a, a, an understanding would come. Um, I, I think there's some, some clear guidance on and the timing of how the special permit application and the HC negotiation take place so that we specify that in the ordinance. Um, the one nuance here that I don't think has been really fully vetted is whether, you know, once your selection process has completed, 
with the um, with the cannabis advisory committee, and it moves to a negotiation of a host community agreement. Whether you want to open the special permit process up at that point in time, or whether you want to wait until there's a fully executed host community agreement before you move forward to even you know begin the special permit proceedings. Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, in the subcommittee work, um, the discussion and intent was that uh, the host community agreement be finalized so that when the applicant goes for their special permit, um, if in fact the special permit granting authority had concerns um, that would warrant them to place restrictions on the permit, that there were no duplicative efforts uh, or contrary efforts if the, um, you know, host community agreement was being negotiated and um, they want they had a in the host community agreement and now the zoning board of appeals wants to put a restriction on the permit that's b and they're both going at a parallel track um, there was an opportunity for some contrary and conflicting information so um, the thought was that the hca would be negotiated and finalized prior to being uh, able to apply for the special permit um, however you know six of one half a dozen of the other. I think what we're looking to do is adopt best practices, Mr. President. Um, so, you know, I leave that open for, for discussion, but um, the, the idea was that, you know, uh, you complete, you can, you have to complete one step before you can go to the next one. Okay. Thank you, Council. And I, Council Pierce? Yeah, I think, um, question for Katie, and on, off the top, I tend to agree with Councilor Knight, um, but, could you explain why some communities have chosen to kind of allow you to start the permit process before the HCA is finalized? Um, the way that communities have handled it is they, they basically say that the host community agreement has to be finalized before the special permit issues. The reason being that sometimes it takes a long time to get through that host community negotiation process. That may take a couple months and then, you know, you turn around and you start your special permit process and then that takes several more months. A lot of these applicants are carrying, um, you know, real estate and and trying to, you know, save money. And, and so we hear a lot from applicants because then they have to turn around and go to the Cannabis Control Commission. And that takes them another, you know, nine to 12 months. So really, it just expedites the, the municipal process a little bit if you allow the host community agreement to be sort of in the process of negotiating, but then it has to be finalized before that special permit decision is finally issued so you're you're kind of you have two things sort of going at once but ultimately um you know one has to be finalized before the other is finalized you don't have to do it that way there are many communities that say you know host community agreement has to be finalized before you apply permit it's um it, it really it doesn't matter i think in, in response to your question the reason that some communities haven't done it that way is to sort of expedite the municipal process a little bit Councilor Bears. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Councilor Knight. Um, if in fact we adopted the provision that allowed those selected to move forward and negotiate the host community agreement to also open up the special permit process for their application, um, I guess my question to Council would be, you know. Council and I, we lost you. Council and I, we can't hear you. Okay, while we're waiting for Council. I'm sorry, I'm going to shut the camera off because it keeps going in and out. Um, if the issue is 
just that, um, you know, we're not giving up any safeguards by allowing a parallel track. And in fact, we're just creating an expediency issue. I think that that's a good thing um, based upon our financial circumstances. Cuts all night. We lost you again. Okay, so while Council on Night is trying to resolve his communication issues. The process won't be closed. And I'd offer that in the form of a motion. <laughs> Council on Night, we, the only thing we heard was... You, you got that, Mr. Clerk? Mr. Okay, Clerk, I'm, I'm, that. I can, I mean, I can really, I can either type that one really fast and get it all, or I can be honest and say, I'm going to need a little help with that one. Yeah. So ultimately... Ultimately, Mr. President, um, why don't we allow the applicant, if they've been selected, to negotiate a host community agreement to move forward and also pursue their special permit with those uh, criteria that would um, not permit finalization of the special permit until the HCA is completed? Is that, that's the motion from Council Knight. Do you have that, Clerk Kernaby? Working on it. All right. All right. So, Council Knight, your motion is to move to allow the negotiation to begin but to uh, not issue the special permit until the host community negotiation is complete? Yes. Parallel, they don't have to complete the host community negotiations before the special permit process opens up. All right, let me just read this back to make sure I have it. Council not move to allow negotiations for the HCA to begin, but that a special permit not be issued until the HCA negotiations are complete. Sounds right to me. Okay. Katie, does that sound right to you? Yes. All right. We're all in agreement. Second. On that motion by Council Knight, seconded by Council Bears. Council Marks, I believe you had a question. Yeah. My question was, Mr. President, uh, Katie brought up a, a great point regarding uh, when uh, a vendor does come into the community, they have to seek a host community agreement. They have to seek a special permit. They have to go back to the Cannabis Commission. And altogether, that could be a very lengthy process. Is there any way that we can put a time frame for our own internal process so that uh, a host community agreement must be reached within 30 days? Or, uh, you know, because to me, the special permit is, is something that can happen rather quickly. The host community agreement could linger on for God knows how long. So is, is, is Katie seen any community that has put some type of time constraints on uh, the host community agreement or the special permit process? Good question. Katie, have you experienced that? I haven't really seen that, mostly because many communities have taken a little bit more cautious approach with the host community agreements um, and wanting to really vet the applicants and understand what is being proposed and, and make sure that they're you know, negotiating. And, and in my experience, these agreements sometimes take a couple of months um, by the time you back and forth and you've got a couple of different attorneys involved and, you know, it may have to go before a, a city council or, but I mean, depends on, on the community who's really making the final call on the terms of these agreements. Um, so I haven't seen those sort of on themselves uh, or, or requirement for how quickly they turn those around um, on the special permit side of things that really ends up getting dictated by 40a you know in terms of you have to open a public hearing within 65 days then that continues until 
um, the, the hearing is closed and then you have um, a period of time after that in which to file the written decision. Council Marks, did you have a further question? Uh, not, not in particular, Mr. President. I, I just want to make sure that we're being uh, business friendly. So when someone comes into the community, I want to make sure uh, that uh, they feel that the process is moving forward. And, um, you know, to me, it seems like the host community agreement could be an open-ended agreement that takes a, a considerable amount of time. Um, and I appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, uh, proper vetting has to take place. But uh, I also want to be mindful, as was mentioned, uh, many, many of these vendors that come in uh, are looking for property, buying property up front um, and holding on to property until these permits are issued and host agreements are issued. So I just want to be mindful of that also. Um, I'm not sure there's. I'm not sure there's a way around. I, I personally would like to see maybe a, a 60 day um, requirement for uh, to reach a host community agreement. I think that gives ample time, two months, um, and it also uh, you know lights the fire under under whoever has to make the agreement uh, to act. Just a suggestion. Okay. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Uh, Let's see, any other questions? Council Knight. Um, Mr. President, if you look at the draft ordinance, um, there's language in it that would say if a host community agreement is not executed within three months of the date that the CAC rankings are forwarded to the mayor. And then we got into the language about the application either being rescinded or withdrawn. So I think that the draft does speak to that time frame where um, it gave a three month window to negotiate a host community agreement um, following the uh, ranks ranking and scores being forwarded to the uh, administration um, for negotiation of the HCA. So I think that's addressed in the document. Um, it's page six on my document, but my document's a little different than everybody else's. It came out a little different. So um, if we look at uh, section XX special permit granting authority, then it said provisional special permit requirements, but that was struck um, underneath B requirements. It says right there, um, Special permit from the special grant authority to the crime They have three months to negotiate it. You're talking about the host community agreement? Yes, sir. But if if we put the language you just offered forward, um, that would negate what we you just mentioned about having a time frame for the host community agreement, right? No, the language that's included in the draft establishes a time frame for the host community agreement presently at 90 days. Right, but the language we just talked about with Katie doesn't give any specifics regarding time frames. It, it says you could do both process together. So we saying now you could do both together, but one has to be done within 90 days? Well, I think what we're saying was that Previously, you weren't eligible to submit your application to the special permit granting authority until conclusion of the host community negotiate uh, host community agreement negotiations. Um, those host community agreement host community agreement negotiations in the draft were limited to a 90 day window of getting it done. Um, now, with the talk that we just had about the sequencing, 
what we did was we said that you could begin the process of applying for your special permit with the special grant permit granting authority while at the same time uh, going through the negotiations of the host community agreement but having not completed them yet. Uh, Katie, would you like to comment? I might just comment on this a little bit because um, I, I think this is, um, it, it's a little bit complicated. And the, the, the three month language that was in there contemplated that your special permit was coming first. And that <laughs> permit, if the host community agreement was not executed within three months. Now the special permit is not coming first. So this, this idea of rescinding a special permit because a host community agreement isn't executed within a time frame doesn't really work with, with the change in the process. Um, also, the rescinding of a special permit because the host community isn't negotiated is really a punitive thing for an applicant. Um, and it doesn't necessarily, you know, entice the host community agreement to get done in faster on, on the executive side. Um, I think certainly with respect to the, the other ordinance that we're working on, we could build in um, uh, some language that, that tried to create an expedited process within a certain amount of time for host community agreements. Um, the issue there is, is, what is the what is the consequence or what is the remedy if somebody doesn't get a host community agreement within three months? Um, I suppose, you know, you end up saying, well, you, you, <laughs> I mean, on the municipal side as well, if they don't sign it, then the applicant gets to go forward without one. I mean, that's certainly not what you're going to want from a municipal perspective, because then you're giving up your, um, your ability to collect the community impact fee. So I think, you know, trying to build into the, other ordinance, uh, a timeline for, for which this, we try to, to meet these, these targets is a very reasonable approach. But I, I think the difficulty is, is establishing what the consequence is if, if you as a municipality do not meet your own threshold um, goals for, for timeliness. John, you're on mute. Thank God, I thought my computer was down again. <laughs> I put myself <laughs> on mute. The dog started barking. I apologize. <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, Vice President Caviello. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, you know, uh, I agree that we should have some type of uh, timeline uh, on this to, to get this process uh, ongoing a little quicker because uh, we are so far behind in the process. Uh, with the rest of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts on this. So the more we delay, the, you know, uh, the longer it's going to take us. So I agree that, uh, that the 90-day time frame would be good just to keep the process moving uh, and getting it done in a timely fashion. Thank you, Vice President Carviello. Katie, I apologize. And, I, and I, I, so I had a mute and I was a little distracted while I was doing that. So did you say that most communities do not have a timeline or deadline, like a 90-day deadline? Right. Um, really, because if, if you self-impose a, a deadline like this, either, you know, you're going to end up somebody saying, well, you've crossed this deadline and they're going to, you know, sue you for mandamus to force you to do something. Or 
you build in your own consequence for yourself that says, well, do it. We're going to like, let you not have a host. So, I mean, it's, you want to be careful Mm -hmm. about restrictions on yourself as an entity um, that open the door for people to challenge if you can't, you know, for some reason meet those requirements. So certainly aspirational target dates, you know, are, are a reasonable thing to try and build in and say, you know, the towns will use best efforts to do X, Y, or Z. But I would be careful about language that really puts a restriction on the municipality itself that would open you up to, to challenges if you didn't meet the, the deadlines that you imposed. Thank you. That, that's a, yeah, that, that is definitely a concern. So um, thank you very much. Uh, Council Knight. Um, so what's the best practice? And would you be able to um, come up with some language that would reflect that to be integrated into the document? Yeah, like I said, most communities haven't imposed a requirement on themselves. Certainly some communities have done, you know, like an RFI where they open things up for a certain amount of time. They get the applicants. They say, you know, here's our, our timeline for in which, under which we're proposing to review these. Then it moves on to host community agreement negotiation. It, it, we certainly can can build in aspirational timelines that sort of put people on a, on a track. Um, but I, I just want to be cautious about making them so strict that somebody could say you didn't meet it. Therefore I'm entitled to something that, you know, you don't necessarily want to give them. And I think the ordinance on the host side is the place to build that into rather than the zoning ordinance. Okay. okay, okay. Can I ask a question, Mr. President? Yes, please. Got the marks. Are you aware of any communities that have uh, negotiated host community agreements and have failed to do so? Zoning uh, amendment. So the host community agreement is really at the discretion of the executive, and so there have been communities where an applicant you know, comes and seeks those community agreement and there was a determination that um, they were not uh, a reasonable fit for the community. And so they declined to execute a host community agreement with that particular applicant. Um, There have been other communities where like Medford is proposing, there's a limitation on the number of licenses and they have more applicants than than they um, than they have licenses to give, in which case it becomes sort of a competitive review process. And there have been some disgruntled applicants that have felt that they were, you know, entitled to to something, you know, over and above some what somebody else got. Um, but you know, and there's certainly communities that have used the host community agreement as a delay tactic when they are, um, you know, not quite ready to 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 move forward. But um, I don't. so. Those are the scenarios I most often see. Thank you. Thank you, Council Marks. Council Knight, did you have another comment? Um, no, Mr. President. Any other co- uh, comments or questions? Okay. So let's see. Uh, there was a motion on the floor offered by Council Knight. Clerk Cardovese, can you please read back that motion? Sure. Council Knight moved to allow negotiations for host community agreements to begin, but that a special permit not be issued until the host community agreement negotiations are complete. And Council Bear seconded that motion. Yeah, on that motion, seconded by Council Bears. Well, Mr. President, then I think we had a discussion that that might not be a best practice because it would cause undue delays and not make it expedient. 
So I actually think the motion that I made finally was the the contrary motion to allow the special permit granting authorities review process to begin, but not not be finalized until an HCA is finalized. But they don't have to complete the HCA. Yeah, that, that's what I seconded. I think. Clerk okay. Hardy, do you what have I, that line? What I've got is from the original. So if there's a change. Let me know what the change is, and I'll 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 go back through it, type, type it through. That was the original that I read back earlier. Yeah, so the change is the, it's the exact opposite. Okay, so you don't want to allow host negotiate host committee negotiations to begin first. We want to allow them to start the special permit process while the host community negotiations are ongoing as opposed to the preemption that we had that wouldn't allow that process to start until the host community agreement and negotiations were completed. Okay. I, so, so maybe if KP can put that into legalese for us, that would be helpful. Second that motion. You want me to give you a motion? I think we had enough emotion at a few of these meetings. Just, just fix it in the in the draft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> All right, I so can do that. What's the motion now? We'll get it Let's to you. Fix it. We'll get it to you. <laughs> I think I think what they're asking is to allow an applicant selected to negotiate a host community agreement to move forward with the special permit process while the host community agreement negotiation is proceeding. Okay. Second. Hang on. Hang on. So move to allow the special permit process to begin while negotiations for the host community agreement are underway. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. You she want it to she, knows what, she knows what it is and she's gonna come up with the language. Exactly. <laughs> Katie's gonna draft it for us, okay. right, Katie? Yeah. <laughs> hey. So on that motion, offered by Consula Knight, seconded by Consula Beers. Clerk Ernabees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Number six, Cannabis Advisory Committee Ordinance. As discussed at the last meeting, we recommend separating the HCA process from the zoning ordinance. We have prepared a draft CAC ordinance for the council's consideration. The draft fleshes out what the process could look like. That is, of course, just a sample for the council's consideration. Katie, if you could please comment on that. Yes. So what, um, what I have done with this draft ordinance is basically um, take the language that you had all proposed concerning the Cannabis Advisory Committee and I um, sort of fleshed it out with, with what would be sort of a 
complete review process by the Cannabis Advisory Committee. Right. Um, samples um, that I had created in other communities. This is in the form of an ordinance. Um, it doesn't have to be in an ordinance. Some communities, like I mentioned before, have simply done this. They've issued an RFI and, and asked applicants within a certain time frame to apply. Um, this is, again, the same type of process that many communities have followed, especially when they have a limitation on the number of licenses. And, and I suspect you've had a chance to look for, look through it, but it really just, it, it outlines submission requirements. Um, and again, I filled some of this in to, to reflect what I would say are, are best practices. It has um, a provision requiring a community outreach hearing, which you had included in your zoning ordinance, but I think maybe is more appropriately addressed at the outset through this host community process. Um, it has application review, selection process, and the which again, I took from the, the draft that you had, had provided. Um, this is really just to get the discussion going and, and you know, authorship or ownership here if you want to change this in any way. Um, but the, the, what I put together at the Okay, we have uh, Vice President Carviel. Katie, I don't know if, if this question uh, applies to um, this particular audience, but um, on the Cannabis Advisory Committee, uh, I think we talked about last week uh, expanding the committee to uh, seven members, uh, which we originally had at three. And in, in looking at um, uh, multiple other cities uh, who uh, uh, had their committee, uh, most of them are done by uh, the planning board or different boards within the city. And I didn't see anybody else uh, with a committee of seven like we had. And I had talked to uh, some of the administration about that, and they felt that uh, the committee of seven uh, was, a, was a kind of uh, uh, excessive uh, in this process. So what is your opinion on that? Yeah, and I think there, there is a comment in the draft to this. Um, by expanding the committee to seven and including a member of the Chamber of Commerce and an individual who's a member of the public, um, not only does that make this sort of a, a very large committee, but it also subjects that group to compliance with the open meeting law um, because you are now, it's not just a staff review committee. You can't just handle this internally. So it becomes a much, much more cumbersome process. You have to keep minutes. You have to, in 48 hours notice of any meeting, you have to open all your meetings to the public. Um, so my recommendation would be to keep it mostly to internal sort of staff review, your chief of police, board of health, building commissioner, somebody the, from the, the way we had it originally, correct? Yeah, I mean, you can expand it to, you know, four or five, but uh, I wouldn't include um, members of the public or, or people from sort of outside city government. Thank you. I gotta say, because I, I, I did review other cities and you know, most of them were three or four member panels that, 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 that made, this, uh, made the uh, recommendation. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Vice President Carriello. Councilor Knight. Um, yes, Mr. President. The idea behind the selection committee was that the individuals on the selection committee, uh, the individuals that are also involved in the regulatory schematic after the license is issued. So the people that are going to be doing business in that community are being reviewed first and foremost by the individuals that are going to be enforcing the regulations um, so that if the people that are 
doing the enforcement, have a bad taste in their mouth about it, you know what I mean, from the beginning, from the onset, then maybe we could prevent the problem. So that was the idea as to why the committee was limited in scope to just really those three um, those three bodies. And I would recommend, uh, I would support Councilor Caviello's recommendation to, you know, go back to the, the three-person panel or a four-person panel. Um, but, you know, I, I see no benefit um, based upon the advice that Council's given us to go any further than what we've recommended. Mr. President. Oh, Council Bears. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think we also um, approved a motion last week to add the uh, director of diversity and the city finance director. Um, so I would still support that. Um, I think we should have the social equity program as part of this, and that would be part of the selection committee. And I do think there's value to having someone with a financial background um, who would at least be able to give a an estimate of maybe the the business's potential of success. I would support that. And if I may, uh, Katie, I believe you had mentioned last week that most cities and towns do have a finance person on board. Am I correct? Yeah, and the ones that haven't wish they did. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. Um, Council Knight. Um, so, Mr. President, looking at the items that were before us this evening, those six points and um, kind of the recommendations that were made, um, I think we're at a point now where, you know, we're we're working on a zoning document, we're working on an ordinance. I think um, both of them are really at a good spot today, certainly further along than we've ever been in the process previously. Um, the question is now, you know, we have a zoning document before us, and as Katie said, it's subject to, you know, 48 Section 5, um, and the process to approve a zoning document takes a lot longer than the process to approve a regular ordinance. Um, the zoning ordinance has to go through the CD board. There's the timelines for public hearings and the like, whereas the ordinance is requiring the three readings before the council for passage. Um, does the council think it makes sense for us to uh, focus our efforts right now on completion of the zoning ordinance so that we can have that piece done, wrapped up in a bow, and now be eligible for um, shipping up to the CD board and while that process is taking its place, we can reconvene and now start um, working on the draft ordinance for the selection committee. Council Pierce. Um, I would be fine with that. Um, if the council to make that in the form of the motion, I would just, uh, I would like to first make a motion that we, that KP incorporate the uh, motion that we passed last week on the finance director and the uh, director of diversity into the selection committee ordinance that we would view uh, in the future. But I would support Councillor Knight's proposal that we report the zoning amendment out as soon as possible to get that process rolling. Well, I'll offer that in the form of a motion then. Second, Mr. President. Okay, so Councillor Knight, uh, I'm sorry. Clerk Hardeby's, do you have the. No, I don't. I don't have it all. I, so, I have, I have uh, Councillor Bears's motion. I don't have Councillor Knight's motion. So my motion would be that um, the council now focuses efforts on finalizing the zoning ordinance or the zoning amendment so that we can um, start the process of review with the community development board. And once we complete the zoning amendment, then we can go back and work on the um, selection committee ordinance, which will not be bound by the same timelines, requirements, public hearing requirements and the like. So you move, you're moving to, to, to work on final, finalizing the zoning requirement for the zoning amendment first, and then yes. the 
and then the post, and then the what's the next piece of that? So this would be the selection committee ordinance. Okay. While the zoning amendment goes through the process. So on that motion, does anybody have any questions, comments? Um, do we do we have to take up mine first, or we already voted on it once? We're asking her to integrate the document. Um, okay, if we don't, I don't care if there's a vote or not. So that's fine with me. If it's so fine Mr. with you. So, Mr. President, yes. Just so I understand, we took a formal vote last week to integrate. Uh, making that advisory committee seven-member committee. That that was a, a, a formal vote by the council. Right? Yeah, we took it. Yeah. So so now we're taking another vote to undo that and making it a five-member committee. It, it 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 sounds like it sounds like someone wants to propose a change to. Yes. I think that I think that's what we're looking to do, Mr. President. It sounds like that uh, a number of councilors want to propose a change to uh, to basically because that would have so if you made that motion last week, it was included in the edits. Now someone's saying, you know what, I want to strike that. Well, we can, but I just want to make sure that yeah, so, that's my interpretation, I guess. Okay, so now we want to go back and revisit that and take on uh, a member of the the general public. And uh, we want to take out a member of the Chamber, Chamber of Commerce. Yes, yes. That's, that's what I'm interpreting from uh, the, the resolution or from the discussion that just happened a second, a couple of minutes ago. Right. So, so, now, so now when we talk about transparency, as was mentioned, uh, there's no following of any of the open meeting laws. There's no minutes taken at these meetings. And we're going to go back to what I remember, which happened uh, roughly uh, six or seven years ago, maybe a little longer, when then mayor created uh, an advisory board for uh, parking enforcement, and it consisted of just department heads, no one else. And uh, there were no minutes taken, there were no meeting requirements, and uh, we were stuck with a plan that was ultimately uh, approved that came from just an inner circle and no one else. Wait a so minute, Mr. President. I, I just want my colleagues to be aware of that, that, you know, it sounds great to say we want to streamline this, but also you're giving up transparency and you're giving up, uh, you know, having public input, which is extremely important, uh, especially in an issue like this. Point of information, Mr. President. Thank you, Council Marks. We have a point of information from Vice President Carviello. I, I think we're just following the advice of Council here, Mr. President, uh, for best practice here. Uh, we, we, we'd be the only community that have a, uh, a seven-member board. Yeah, what's wrong uh, with that? Again, like I say, uh, the advice, well, on the advice of Council, they're saying that's not the way to go. I mean, I'm not an attorney. And, say, and the reason we have the attorney here is to give us the best practice advice. And the reason I heard was that you don't have to have open, you don't have to do the open meeting requirements, which to me is not a great reason not to have a larger board or include other people on a board, and that you don't have to keep a minutes. Well, and, uh, can you refer back to Katie on this? Katie, can you comment on this? I, I don't. Certainly. Um, what, I, what I'm hearing from, um, what, I, what I've been hearing through this process is, is a desire for some expediency. 
and um, having a, a seven member commission that's subject to the open meeting law and, and will will slow the process down. Certainly this is a policy call. There are communities that have done larger, more transparent process. It has taken um, a substantial amount of time because there is a lot of information for these, these, um, these individuals to, to work through and, and a lot of discussion that takes place. Um, one I will make is that there is the provision for a community outreach meeting, which if you look in the draft ordinance I, I've prepared, it um, includes that process sort of at the outset before the host community agreement is negotiated, which really does give some opportunity for public comment in between sort of when the selection committee makes its recommendation and before a host community agreement is negotiated. So there is a mechanism there to sort of what the the neighborhood feels about this applicant and to try and address in particular concerns that they may have with respect to the, the host community agreement. Okay. Thank you, Katie. Uh, on night. Um, I believe, Mr. President, as we look at the drafts of the um, Cannabis Advisory Committee ordinances before us, um, that's the document that's going to contain the composition of the makeup of the committee. That's the document that we just talked about working on after we complete yes. the zoning amendment. So it might make sense for us to keep these concerns on the table. Who cares about the seven-member committee? Once we get that document before us in its final form, then we can debate the structure. Um, but right now, in terms of, you know, completing one task that's before us before we move on to the next one, we might want to um, focus our efforts on the zoning amendment because it appears as though, you know, we're right there, Mr. President, um, with that portion of this exercise. So I would again make that recommendation that maybe we focus our efforts and attention on the zoning amendment piece and then we can go back to um, you know, debate and discuss the issues of concern surrounding the selection committee, the composition, the requirements thereof, um, because I know I still have some concerns about the minimum requirements. Um, you know, the committee had put out a list and it wasn't intended to be an exhaustive list of requirements. Um, so I think that that's gonna be something that we have a lot of discussion and debate about as well. Um, but when it comes down to the actual aspects of the zoning amendment, I think we're all virtually on the same page. Um, so maybe we should focus our efforts there. And I would agree. I feel like we're almost here on the, on the zoning amendment. Um, and there is a motion on the floor. Um, so at this point, Clerk Hurtavis, can you please read back that motion? Yeah. Um, Council and I move to work on finalizing the zoning amendment first and then the selection committee ordinance while the zoning amendment goes through the process. Okay. And that's seconded by, was that seconded by Councilor Beers? Yes. yes. I'm sorry? Yes. Yes. Okay. So on that motion, seconded by Council of Bears, Clerk Hurtavis, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero on the negative. The motion passes. Okay. So we've worked our way through these six recommendations. Great job. Um, I wanted to, uh, so, so now we have um, the red line copy of the ordinance, um, the zoning ordinance. Um, so Katie, if, if I may, um, do you think it's best to actually incorporate 
what we just discussed into this and then take it from there and go through the whole thing from beginning to end or uh, or go through start going through the 19 page document uh, so I think that many of the comments will have been addressed by the the discussion we had on those six issues um, I think for the sake of expanding it might be useful for me to just highlight other things that I would want to, to know in the comment section in order to prepare a, a complete revised. There are a few outstanding issues I think you could easily discuss um, okay. and get guidance on to make sure that, that what comes back to you has as many changes made as possible. Okay, so, so do you should we go through the 19-page uh, document and you want to like highlight some things that you think need to be addressed? If that's okay with you, I think it will get us to the finish line faster if we do it tonight. <laughs> that, that's fine with me, absolutely. Um, can everyone see the, uh, the document on the screen? Yes. Okay. Um, John, John, if you put, press Command Plus, that will zoom it in a little bit. Okay. Thank you, Councilor Beers. At least I think so. <laughs> it's not doing it, so I it's, not, it's not doing it. How about if you just oh, do uh, actually at the top? Yeah, zoom at the top left. Yep. No, the hundred twenty-five percent. Oh yeah. yeah. That better? Whoa. Go oh, a couple more. Don't <laughs> <laughs> be shy. It's free. A couple more that's, for us all. That's 200. I'm running out of screen. <laughs> okay. Uh, Katie, do you want me to, uh, do you want the uh, comment panel on the side? Um, I prefer it where it's integrated in the documents. You can see specifically where it is. Um, I think if you go to what if we let Katie control her own screen? Yeah, you want to do that? Hang on. Oh, yeah, let me I, do that. I, I can't. Um, so I'm, I have you on my phone. I don't have you on my computer, so I can't share my screen with you. Um, We're good. We're good with this. All right. Um, so I'm going to – I'll try and, and give you directions to the comments that I want to select. Page two, I think we have addressed all of the comments on that page. The, the discussion. When we get into the definition section, there are a number of comments. This is starting on page three, the bottom of page three. And, um, and really the general comment is that some of these definitions deviate slightly from what the state law definition provides. And, and I think some of it may have been inadvertent and some of it may have been that the definitions were pulled from 94G and then the Cannabis Control Commission uh, created more detailed definitions in their own regulations, which is what um, might be, I, I would advise using if you're going to borrow from the state law. And so I guess I'm just looking for authorization that we make these definitions match the state law definition throughout. Motion, motion to update, Mr. President. I believe we have. I think we have. update. Hang on, hang on. If I may, didn't we vote on that already, Mr. President? 
Yeah, I thought we did. Yeah. I think that was the second item we voted on by roll call. Uh, let's see. Because we voted by roll call on each one of these items, action items, uh, to direct counsel to update language, to provide exhaustive lists, to adopt recommendations and the like, right? Yes, I believe so. I, I, yeah, but this, this is regarding definitions. I don't think we talked about definitions. I think the motion we made that passed seven to nothing was to request an exhaustive list. Uh, and that was the, uh, was that the number two? Is that what you said, Council Knight? Council Knight? It was Council, it was Vice President Carabiello's motion on point two uh, with an amendment from Councilor Knight requesting an, so Vice President Carabiello moved to accept the language in point two with an amendment from Councilor Knight requesting an exhaustive list of definitions be included. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like that, that would be covered. Um, Katie, did you have another? Nope, that, that's all fine on the definitions. Um, then I believe we've addressed, I'm just quickly here. Most of that I've moved. Um, we've included delivery only licensee. We've discussed enforcement. Um, so then the next big issue that I have is on page nine of my, and it means to, um, the requirements for the special permit application. And red line changes were made last week. It talked about um, things like the security plan and the operation and management being submitted no less than 45 days prior to the hearing on the host community agreement interview. Now, since that process is being taken out of here and addressed separately, um, the, the question I have is, do you want to take a look at what you've required for special permit application and determine whether there is some um, shorter list or different list of application materials that you would like submitted as part of the special permit process um, and, and then other documents or submissions that are part of the host community agreement process? And I just, for example, I would say, you know, maybe you don't want, maybe you don't need your um, community, I'm, I'm going to say it wrong, a, a community development board to review the operation and management profile, but maybe you do want them to look at like their traffic and parking plan. So dividing out, you know, what are really your land use considerations and what does that uh, community economic board uh, development board want to look at versus what do you want to have reviewed as part of the host community agreement process? Um, is there any disadvantage to allowing these entities to have access to a complete and total package of information while they're going through their vetting process? No, and certainly require that to be submitted for both. Um, and many communities do. I just, I, given that you had, changed language requiring it to be submitted as part of host community. I wanted to just have the discussion about what, if anything different you wanted for the special permit process. I mean, I think it should merit it at, at the very least. I don't think it should 
you know, the mirror rate ought to have additional requirements, but not less, would be my okay. recommendation. Yeah. And I would also make a motion to um, rely upon council to establish best practices if, in fact, we are going to expand upon it. Okay. Second. Alternatives, do you have that motion? Um, I have Council Knight said that the host community process should mirror, this, mirror the special permit process, and he moved to rely upon Council to establish best practices. Sounds about right to me, in terms of material that's being submitted to the parties. In terms of material being submitted to the party. In terms of materials being submitted to where? Uh, by the applicants to the you know special okay. permit granting authority or the okay. GAC. Okay, is there a second? Second, Mr. President. On that motion, offered by Council Knight, seconded by Vice President Caviello. Clerk Renabies, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Uh, if I may, Council Knight has a comment or question or? And um, I do believe it's safe to say, Mr. President, that um, the provisions relative to the Cannabis Advisory Commission would be out, taken out of this now, right? So we skipped over, the, I think it was page six and seven, and we went to page uh, 12. But um, that was one of the items that we discussed, but taking that out, right? That entire section. That, that was my understanding. And yeah, I, okay. I just I, want to make sure we're all on the same page. Fine. Um, yeah, okay. okay. Great, awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, Katie, the next issue? Uh, the next one, I don't know that need, it needs much discussion. I just, it was a follow-up from last week um, with respect, this is on page 12 with respect to the 500-foot buffer. I know there was um, a discussion about making sure that there had been verification through mapping that this would not effectively prohibit, the, that these um, land use types would not effectively prohibit within the district that this is being proposed in. I simply flagged it in here just because I hadn't, um, I, just as a follow-up to the conversation last week. Mr. President? Uh, Vice President Caviello. Can we uh, have a little discussion on, uh, on the buffer zone? Please do so. Um, it's number four. Uh, hold on. Number four is that yeah, number, uh, yep. number four. Not on the right page. Sorry. Um, Here we go. Bottom of page ten. Yes. Um, I okay. Um, is is the uh, is this the language that the Commonwealth of Massachusetts uses, or uh, do they have in their houses of worship uh, funeral homes and institutions of higher education also? No, the state law is a 500 foot buffer between K through 12 educational, you know, schools basically, um, with it being within the discretion of a municipality to choose if they want to reduce that distance. I, I think it, um, looking at some of the areas that uh, uh, are going to be comprised in this, uh, there are many uh, houses of worship, both uh, 
uh, you know, some of them are in uh, uh, not, you know, not what we call normal uh, churches, but uh, houses of worship in, uh, in, in, you know, regular buildings, uh, office parks, uh, which uh, would take away um, some of the seats, some of the district uh, that we're talking about, uh, Mr. President. So I think we need a little bit of discussion on that. You say, you know, if we, uh, if we just take, say, for instance, uh, uh, Mystic Avenue, you have, uh, you have a church on Hicks Avenue, uh, which would take away uh, that whole section. You have that church um, uh, across from Razo's, uh, ne next to the Jiffy Lube. Uh, so uh, that would uh, prohibit a good uh, chunk of that area uh, all to be taken out of play. Uh, along with, if we go, if we go up to the Riverside Avenue area, you've got several houses of worship uh, on those uh, on those side streets. Okay, thank you, Vice President Caviello, Council of Bears, and then Council of Mox, Council of Bears. Um, I guess just a I'm question. Sorry, Council of Knight after Council of Bears. Um, I don't know if folks have looked at this. Would the, Col the Columbus School potentially also remove some options? Um, the 500-foot buffer over behind Avellino's on Hicks? Uh, possibly. Possibly. I don't know. Uh, I know there have been some discussion in the back of Avellino's there. I don't know if the 500 feet, you know, I don't know where the actual measurement, where they measure from what, where, what, from what point to what point, but that's, you know, that would also uh, take that area out. But uh, Council of Bears in the back there, there's a couple of... Uh, Brazilian churches. Yeah, no, I know that too. Yeah, so that kind of wipes out that whole uh, stretch of area. And they say if you went a little further down Mystic Avenue, uh, like I say across from Razo's and Jiffy Lube, you have the, 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 other, the other house of worship there. So you might wipe out the whole Mystic Avenue area. Yeah, I, I'd like to um, make a motion that we adopt the Mass General Law definition and just have it be the K-12 schools. I'll second that motion, Mr. President. Okay, on the motion of Council of Bears, seconded by Vice President Carbiello. Clerk Herdeviz, do you have the uh, language? So, Council of Bears, you're moving to adopt the Mass General Law definition and have the buffer areas include only the K-12 schools? Yes. Okay. I have that. So Council of Bears moved to adopt the Mass General Law definition and have buffers have buffer areas including only, include only K through 12 schools. And I have a second from Vice President Carabiello. Yes. And Council and Knight had a question, I believe. Council Knight. It wasn't a question, Mr. President. It was more of a comment. But um, if you look at, you know, the city of Medford and the um, commercial and industrially identified parcels, um, we're at less than 15% community-wide. Um, so 85% of the parcels in this community um, are not designated as commercial industrial parcels. Um, now, when you look at the other remaining 15% that we have, about 2%, a little less than 2% is industrial, and um, about 14% is uh, commercial. Of that 14% that's commercial, um, if you take out the commercial one districts, Mr. President, I think we're going to be coming into a situation where if we put buffer zone restrictions on these places that the eligible number of parcels is going to start to become negligible at some point. Um, you know, we're limiting the commercial and industrial zones uh, where they're going to be in allowed use as is. 
And any further um, buffer zone requirement on that, I think, would pose a significant issue um, based upon the fact that the subcommittee did its vetting and its homework and looked at the maps and saw, um, you know, where the industrially, industrially zone parcels are, where the commercially two uh, zone parcels are, and, um, you know, the recommendation, I think, going forward. Um, would be supportive of what Councilor Pierce and Councilor Caviello have recommended, um, or at the very least, um, looking at that 500-foot number and reducing it, um, one or the other. Um, so I'm supportive of the the motion that Councilor Bears has made, uh, and you know I'm also willing to entertain a conversation about reducing those buffer zones if, in fact, um, we can't come to an agreement on the elimination thereof. Thank you, Councilor Knight, Councilor Bears. Um, I'd like actually to amend my own motion um, it, to also have the building commissioner let us know how many parcels would be made ineligible by a 500 foot buffer zone around the Columbus school. So the amendment is to know how many parcels would be ineligible? Made ineligible by a 500 foot buffer zone around the Columbus school. Okay. Hang on. Mr. President? One minute, Councilor Carriol. Just want to make sure the clerk has the amendment. Hey, this is Councilor Bear's amendment, amendment to his motion. Uh, amended his motion to have the building commissioner notify the council of how many parcels would be made ineligible by a 500 foot buffer zone around the Columbus School. That correct, Council Beers? Does that sound right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay, thank you, Council Beers. So we have a motion on the floor by Council Beers, seconded by Vice President Caviello, as amended by Council Beers, Vice President Caviello. Mr. President, uh, if, if we can get a, uh, an answer from the building commissioner on where the measurement takes place, from what point to what point. So again, I'm, 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 I think I'm, I'm unclear in that. I don't know if other people are clear on. On, on, on where where the where the, uh, the where the measurement takes place from. Do we have any building commissioner on the call? Building commissioner is here somewhere. Okay, is he on the phone? Maybe. Uh, maybe actually, he, no, he, he can give us an opinion on that. I'd appreciate it. Okay, hang on. Let's see. Uh, oh, here he is. Well, Mr. President, the building commissioner can't give us an opinion on something that we haven't made law, right? Um, but when we're looking at the ordinance before us in the item that we're discussing, it says the 500-foot distance shall be measured in a straight line from the nearest point of the facility to the nearest point of the proposed marijuana establishment. So that would be um, structure to structure as opposed to property line, property line. Structure to oh, okay, Katie, uh, please. Yeah. I believe the state law measures property line to property line, um, which is a just a little bit of a clearer way to measure this because you're not going to know necessarily where this establishment is proposing to locate in advance. So if you want to mirror the state law, you would be looking at property line to property line. So would it be uh, your opinion that we should include uh, uh, change that language? Um. Most communities have used the property line to property line. I think it's a little bit clearer. Uh, just, you know, you know where the property line is. You can find that and, and, and measure it um, as opposed to, you know, where is this facility potentially going to locate on the lot? Um, so. Yeah, it's, it's an official measuring point. So. Okay. And do, be done with GIS. Okay. 
Okay, so are there any other questions from the council with regards to the motion that's before us? Mr. President, I think so. David is, has his hand raised. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know which David, but... Oh, here we go. Dave Rodriguez. Yeah, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Paul, for being on the call as well. I know that Marianne O'Connor is on here as well, if there's any public health questions that come up. Uh, we do have a, a GIS coordinator in-house that should be able to run these as well. I know I know uh, Paul's, Paul's extremely talented, but he might not have the tools in place to, to run these sort of analyses. GIS coordinator or the assessing office can, can run these numbers pretty quickly for you. Okay, thank you. Happy, happy to amend the uh, motion to reflect the GIS coordinator instead of the building commissioner. Justify the administration, they'll figure it out. <laughs> Perfect. Even better. Well, Curtis, do you have that? We're changing it. To, we're changing building commissioner to administration, correct? Correct. Okay, got that. On the motion. On the motion by Council of Bears, seconded by Vice President Caviello, as amended by Council of Bears. Curtis, please call Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Councilor Knight. Uh, Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Councilor Scapelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. I still don't have Councilor Knight. I'm back in the game, baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Seven affirmative zero on the negative. The motion passes. Uh, Mr. President, if I may make a motion for KP Law to integrate the changes and discussions that we've made this evening um, by way of uh, sending her a copy of the committee report. Um, hopefully we can get a finalized draft copy of the zoning amendment. Before we do that, Council Knight, um, Katie, is there anything else that you wanted to review? Um, I mean, some of these others are, are fairly minor uh, comments in, in subpoint um, which is on my page 13, but may be different for you. Um, with respect to unannounced, unscheduled periodic inspections. All right, yeah. Number 14. Mm hmm. I really, this is really just a caution in here, and I, I might, um, I, I might just recommend some slight change to the language to make sure that. We're not authorizing um, warrantless searches. Motion to allow council to provide us with best practice language relative to item number 14. Second. Second. Hang on. All right, so Councilor Knight has two motions on the floor right now. One is to have KP Law integrate the changes made tonight by sending Attorney Lockman a copy of the, uh, the draft committee report. And the second one is, is Councilor Knight moved to allow Council to provide the City Council best practices relative to item number 14. Sounds correct to me, and I'd be happy to withdraw my first motion, Mr. President. Uh, I'm Mr. Clark, and I can offer that again uh, later on in the meeting when we come closer to a conclusion. 
So we only have to vote once. Let's pull that one. Sounds good. Thank you, Council of Night. Only the, only the second one is up is up for, is up on is on the floor right now. Okay. Correct. Is there a second on that? Second, Mr. President. On the, on the motion of Councilor Knight, seconded by Councilor Morell. Clerk Hurtabies, please call roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, seven the affirmative. During the negative, the motion passes. Okay, we are up there. <laughs> um, my next comment that I just want to make sure I have authorization before I make a final change is on page 14. It's in the section on application procedures and submission requirements. And it is in subsection A1 with respect to the mailing of the notice, which provides that the applicant has to um, send by mail postage prepaid the notice of the special permit hearing. Um, just a, a legal point that not actually allowed under state law and that that has to be done by the city or by the you know, by the special permit granting authority um, themselves or their their agent. So I just need to change that to make it state law. Motion, motion to adopt the uh, the recommended language change. Second, Mr. President. On the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Vice President Carvio. Credibles, do you have the motion? Hang on. All right, so Attorney Lockman suggested changes to the requirements to notice because the city must do this mailing, not the applicant. Council might move to adopt that language change. Yeah, adopt the recommended language change. Okay, on that motion by Council and Knight, seconded by Vice President Carbiello. Clerk Hardebees, please call the roll. Mr. President, before you call the roll? Yes, Council Marks. Yeah, I thought it was common practice that the city may do the mailing, but the petitioner pays for the mailing. Yes. So th is that is that how this is going to work as well? That would be my recommendation. You just can't allow them to be in charge of the mailing. Of the mailing itself. They pay the cost of the mailing. Correct. Okay. Thank you, Council Marks. Clerk Enemies, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative. Zero in the negative. The motion passes. Okay. Um. Mr. President. Council Marks. <coughs> Just, just if we could, because it, it just dawned on me. Uh, it says within 500 feet of the property line. Uh, is that the issue? Oh, right, yeah. I'm sorry, yep. Within 500 feet of the property line, knowing where these are uh, industrial, commercial settings, um, you know, you may be just notifying other businesses in the area 
and not really, because uh, many of these areas also abut residential areas as well. Um, and any thought about expanding that 500 feet? Katie, can we, can we expand that if we'd like? Can expand it if you'd like. It is already expanded beyond what is required under 40A. 40A only requires 300 feet. Right, and, and we've expanded some of our zoning, right, to, to, to 400 or 500 feet. Didn't we just do something recently? In terms of notification, Council Marks? Yeah, notification. Um, we did last year, I believe. Um, we, we did something recent. I, I'm just thinking that, you know, you could have an instance where one of these pops up and uh, it, it indeed is in, uh, you know, uh, industrial commercial area, but uh, outside of the 500 feet of a residential neighborhood, slightly outside. And that could pose a concern, people thinking they're not being notified. Um, so I'm just throwing it out there for discussion. Uh, do you have a proposal as far as uh, if you wanted to raise it, where it would go to or? Well, yeah, well, for the, for the, for the cost of what it would be for stamps, uh, you know, and postage and the notification to me is key in, in this process. You know, so people don't feel like uh, something's going in without, uh, you know, them being notified. So what if we try 750 feet? Move approval. Okay. Um, on the motion of Councilor Marks to change the wording, um, let's see, to 750 feet. And this would be... So this would be for notification to basically a, a butters? Right, under right. that uh, section where it says 500 feet of the property line. Change that to 750. Okay. On that motion offered by Councilor Marks, seconded I, I by- Second from Councilor Knight. Seconded by Councilor Knight, correct. Clerk Hernabees, please call a roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks? Yes. Councilor Morell? Yes. Councilor Scarpelli? Yes. President Falco? Yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Katie, any other recommendations? Yes. So if we go down to what is my page 15, this is um, subsection. 11 with respect and I think this sort of dovetails off of what you were just discussing. This is um, notification writing to all churches, libraries, educational institutions, licensed nursery schools, etc. within 500 feet to provide them with the opportunity to comment at the hearing. Um, so number one, if, if these entities are within 500 feet, they're going to be receiving notification on what you just required in your prior vote. So, I mean, I suppose the question is, do you need that language in here if you're notifying them anyway? Um, motion to delete the section, Mr. President. Second. On the motion of Councilor Marks, seconded by Councilor Knight to delete number 11. I was going to say on page 14. I'm not sure if this is everybody's page 14. <laughs> you might, might want to say under under um, the application procedure and submission requirements subsection. Yes. 
You have that clip, Kirby? Work on it. <laughs> Council Marks moved to delete section 11 on page 14, uh, which, is, which is the notification requirements that might be made redundant in the application procedure and subsection requirements. In submission requirements. Submission yeah. requirements. That makes more sense. <laughs> Delete this doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> so on that motion offered by Council of Marks, seconded by Council on Knight. Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Scarpelli. Yes, seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. So my next comment, very next provision, subsection 12 of that same section. Mm -hmm. And this is pertaining to the community outreach hearing. And this is a requirement of the Cannabis Control Commission. Every applicant has to do one of these and they have to, they're the ones who initiate it and they have to schedule and hold it. It's not really a public hearing because it's being held by the applicant. Um, they can't proceed to their license unless they do it. My recommendation, which we discussed briefly earlier, is to sort of integrate how the timing of this with your host community agreement process and to remove it from the zoning bylaw. Motion to adopt the recommendation of council. Second. Second. On that motion of council night, seconded by Vice President Carviello. So the recommendation is to integrate the timing of the community outreach meeting with the host community process and remove it from the zoning process. That is correct. correct. Is that correct? Okay. And I have Council Knight making that motion uh, with a second from Vice President Caraviello. Correct. Okay. You ready for the roll call? Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero on the negative. The motion passes. Okay, we are closing in on the finish line. We're now um, in the special permit finding section. Okay. And if you go down to section B, that, well, I suppose we should probably discuss just really briefly uh, in section A, subsection 12, 12. Uh, which has a, a large amount of deleted language that pertained to the host community agreement process and the three month timeline, which I, I know we've already addressed, but the language as it's in there currently says that a special permit approved by the special permit granting authority shall state that the approval is conditional upon executing a host community agreement. The link, the discussion we had a little bit earlier was that no special permit shall issue until the host community agreement is executed. Um, I just, do you want to leave this do you consistent with, with what was voted earlier? Motion um, to allow council to redraft for continuity purposes. Okay. Okay. On the motion of council night to redraft for continuity purposes, uh, number 12. Second. 
under special permit findings and specific requirements for various facilities. Who second that? Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Scarpelli. So in section 12 of the special permit finding section, uh, Attorney Lockman recommended redrafting for continuity purposes and Councilor Knight so moved with a second from Councilor Scarpelli. Go to Clerk Gregory's, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, seven the affirmative, zero in the negative, the motion passes. Okay, um, subsection B of that same special permit requirement section, um, and then subsection three, which is my 17, which may be slightly different for you, um, but the language says no more than one half of the marijuana plants may be mature flowering plants. Um, now, I have done a lot of marijuana work in the last few years. This, and, and, I, and I honestly cannot speak to whether or not this is in fact a reasonable restriction for a cultivation facility, um, but it is not something I've seen before. And so I've highlighted it because it, it may not be reasonable to impose a restriction um, that only half of the plants are flowering at, one give, at, at any given time. Motion to strike, Mr. President. Second. The motion by Council Knight to strike uh, number three. Okay. Under requirements specific to marijuana cultivation facilities, Seconded by Councilor Bears. I've got that one. Okay. Clerk Hurtubis, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Councilor Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative, the motion passes. And that was that was my last question. That was my last comment. Wow. No, we have compliance, don't we? Complying. <laughs> I'm very impressed. <laughs> okay, thank you, um, Mr. President. Uh, Councilor, Vice President Carvio. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Katie, I have a, a question for you, and uh, for looking for a little guidance here. Um, the uh, the commission, the uh, committee. Uh, has sent out a request to the mayor, uh, as she has expressed uh, uh, a conflict of interest here on, on some of the issues. Um, uh, can you give us some guidance on how we should proceed uh, with that in, in this here uh, before we adjourn? Uh, with respect to the conflict of interest in particular, or how you should proceed with this ordinance? Well, yes, um, like I said, the the mayor uh, has, has said she's had a, a conflict of interest in, in, uh, in the, uh, the selection process. And uh, we had, uh, the committee had asked uh, for uh, an opinion from the Ethics Commission, which uh, I hope will be forthcoming soon. Um, is there any language that we should put in there uh, in the event there is a, a conflict? Well, with respect to this zoning ordinance, I, I don't think that there really is any... The administration does not really play any role in, in how the zoning 
part of this takes place. It's really just an application for a special permit. It's processed under the normal procedures and processes of 40A and, and the ordinance um, and the permit issues subject to, to whatever, you know, appellate rights attached to that issuance. So um, I don't see a need to include any language with respect to a, a conflict of interest in this order. Okay, you'll say, because I, I, I didn't think there would be one either. I, I, I felt that, you know, the mayor being the, uh, uh, the signing authority for all ordinances uh, wouldn't have a problem signing this. Right, um, no, an issue. Yes, uh, but, on, but um, maybe you could talk to her personally uh, and get some type of feeling where she's coming from and uh, maybe give us uh, some guidance uh, towards uh, the next meeting. Certainly. Yeah, if you could do that, you say it would be appreciated. Uh, let's see. In, in the meantime, we are waiting for an opinion uh, from the ethics committee. Okay. Scott tonight. Um, I guess the question I'd ask would be to the city solicitor, um, and the question would be whether or not the mayor has requested a conflict of interest opinion from the solicitor's office, or if um, the administration can provide us with any type of insight as to whether or not a disclosure or a conflict of interest opinion has been sought from the State Ethics Commission. Okay, so we have our city solicitor, Kim Scanlon, and uh, we have uh, Dave Rodriguez, our chief, uh, chief of staff, and both been unmuted. And uh, Kim, would you like to go first? I haven't received anything, um, but I'll defer to um, Mr. Rodriguez, he has more information. Uh, it's my understanding that the mayor prior, prior to taking office sought and received an opinion from private counsel at her own expense. Um, I haven't seen that opinion. It's, it's hers and the decision, that's a conversation that she's had with her attorney uh, regarding this. Um, so I haven't seen that opinion and I can't opine on that. Uh, will the administration be honoring the request that was made by the vice president? For, for what? A report from the ethics commission? I believe um, a correspondence was sent uh, some time ago requesting yeah. that uh, determination be made one way or the other, that a request be made from the state of the exploit as to whether or not a conflict exists. And um, the question is whether or not the administration is going to provide that documentation that was requested or whether or not they're going to rely on um, this private uh, legal opinion that they have in their hands in the possession. I can certainly speak with the mayor. That I can't seek an opinion on her behalf. Um, and the council can't seek we, an individual can't seek an opinion on behalf of someone else. So she'd have to seek that from the from the commission herself at her discretion. If an opinion exists, I, I she'd rely on the advice that she's received from council. And I say if uh, if maybe uh, she could talk to Katie and maybe you know they can have their own private discussion. Yeah, and, and Katie can give guidance after that. Yeah, if a disclosure is appropriate, a disclosure will be filed, and appropriate action will be taken regarding the appropriate action in accordance with the law and all applicable statutes will, will of course, be taken. Um, now, does a private opinion relative to a conflict of interest or ethics um, conflict hold the same weight as one that would come from the board? Maybe council can answer that question. That's a legal question, yeah. Katie, can you comment on that? We have the city solicitor here. I think. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yes. Katie's the lead expert. I think Kim's the city solicitor. You know what I mean? So. Yes, city solicitor Scanlon. I apologize. Thank you. I'm sorry. Could you? I got a little lost. What is the question? 
So the question is, um, I guess, from what was just represented, was that the mayor has a legal opinion from private counsel um, saying that there's a conflict of interest that exists relative to um, this marijuana ordinance, a marijuana proposal. That's um, what's been represented here and in the past. Um, so now the question is, does this <laughs> opinion from a private lawyer hold the same weight and the same foundation that an opinion from either the state ethics board or the city solicitor, um, this opinion would hold? Sure. I mean, uh, under the open meeting law, obviously, um, it would be, you know, state ethics commission opinion would hold water. Um, but it's, it's certainly something that I can look into. Um, if the council would so choose, I can certainly look into this matter for you. Yeah, and the other question would be, is that document a public document? Um, you know, it's a private legal opinion relative to a public official's ability to exercise public duties. Um, so would that document fall under, um, you know, a public document request? Would that be available as a public document? Well, the, uh, a public records request is any record created or received um, by uh, city employees. So in this particular instance, it would be dependent upon whether or not a city employee uh, received that particular document. Obviously, it wasn't created by a city employee, so. Created or received. Okay, excellent. Thank you for your opinion. Uh, I appreciate it. Councilman, are, you... are you making a motion or is that? No, I'm just asking the question, Mr. President. This is what I'm going to have to ponder. Okay. I'm really confused by it. Thank you, Council Knight. So, so, Mr. President. Council Marks. Just so I understand, uh, who submitted the conflict of interest request uh, from the State Ethics Commission? I, I'm not sure if it's clear if anything was ever submitted. Well, I thought uh, Vice President Caviel. I, 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 uh, Council Marks, I, I had submitted it uh, because the, the mayor has uh, mentioned that she has a uh, conflict. So I had asked her for an opinion uh, from the Ethics com uh, Commission so we know uh, what the conflict is in, uh, and if we have to make an adjustment uh, to our uh, rules here, we know what to do going forward before we finalize this. So so you asked as uh, uh, just a, an independent person? or was No, I, I asked as the, the, uh, the chairman of, of the subcommittee on zoning and ordinances. Okay. And did the subcommittee take a vote on that? Uh, I I re, I uh, rely I, I spoke to my other counselors and they were aware of it, uh, and I say I, I sent it out to the mayor and she said she would uh, uh, have an answer within uh, a couple of weeks according to the chief of staff. So I say if there is a conflict, let's uh, you know say if we have to make changes in our. Well, I guess I'm now. confused. I guess I'm confused. Did you ask the mayor to go to the ethics commission? Or did you ask asked, the yeah. Ethics Commission to review the no, mayor for a potential I, I did not. I did not call the Ethics Commission. I asked the mayor to get an opinion from the Ethics Commission. Thank I you. I, I did not call the Ethics Commission. That would okay. not be right for me I just thank you for clarifying. Thank you for clarifying. That's not my job to call the Ethics Commission. Right. Um, it, it's, it's always been uh, past practice that uh, if someone feels that there's uh, an, an issue with uh, conflict of interest that we would self-police our, ourselves. Well, and, let's say, let's say, and that's, all, that's all, if I could just yeah. finish. And that's always been, and that was the mantra of uh, the former uh, city solicitor for many years. He used to say to us, I'm not the conflict of interest police. And if you have a, a concern with that, you can talk to the state ethics commission 
uh, and they will answer your questions. I, I didn't. I didn't feel it was my authority, my proper for me to contact. I I felt it was the mayor's. Let, let the mayor. Uh, right, right. I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm just saying yeah. it's always been up to every individual right. to patrol themselves if they think there's a potential conflict of interest, yeah. and there's well, a process laid out if there is that you can file it with the city clerk and so forth. Um, so there, there is a process laid out. But like I say, you know, the mayor has indicated she has a conflict. So uh, like I say, let's find out what it is. And if we have to, before we finalize this, if we need to make any changes or anything, uh, let's do it now and not find out after that there, there's a problem. So that's that was the only intent of doing it. And they say, uh, I didn't feel it was my uh, job to, to do that. You know, let the mayor you know, handle it. That's uh, on her own. I, I didn't want to step on anyone's toes doing that. I, I, said, I, I don't think that's right. Thank you. Okay, any other questions or comments regarding the zoning ordinance? So, uh, Katie, it, would it be realistic uh, to meet uh, next Wednesday, same time, <laughs> to go over uh, the latest red line copy? I think so. Um, likely my colleague Jonathan Silverstein will um, will be handling this um, next week. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think we can do Okay. Sounds good. Um, Mr. President, do you think it might make sense? I mean, I don't know how the internal operations at KP Law go, but, um, you know, we're becoming relatively familiar with Katie and her work products. So, you know, if in fact it's just a scheduling issue and not a um, managerial issue at the firm. Um, if next week doesn't work and we want to schedule to a time that's convenient to Katie, I think that that's also something that um, I certainly would be flexible um, in, in willing to work around her schedule uh, to be sure that she's here based upon the volumes of work that she's done on this. I second that. And I, I, we, if only. Yeah. She's the best now. <laughs> if only. For Katie. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the question, I guess. If this is um, an internal, you know, decision with KP Law and how they're going to move forward and service a client, that's one thing. Um, if it's just a scheduling issue, that's another. Um, you know what I mean? Because I certainly wouldn't have a problem waiting two weeks if that means that we could have Katie back and we could have that consistency and continuity with that, you know, one person that we've been dealing with. Katie, are you, are you available anytime next week? Or, or actually, is it – or is it – Customary that Jonathan would actually come and make the presentation, go through that process. Um. <laughs> we're putting you in a you can't answer it. You can't answer it, too. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of, fine, yeah. a lot of chiefs, but there's plenty of Indians where I work, too. You know what I mean? It is what you it know, is. It's a little more complicated than that. I am. I mean, I'm in my final week with KP because I am moving to a new position um, with the city of Waltham. Okay. okay. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> well, we thank you for all your hard work on this. Um, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan is fully up to speed on this, and I will work with him in this next week to get this draft um, fully uh, with all the changes that we've discussed this evening um, so that before my. Okay. So then, uh, so, so what we, um, Jonathan, to deal with the um, selection committee ordinance? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. So why don't we plan? Um, so you, said you think you, you think Jonathan could actually have this ready to go uh, for a meeting next Wednesday? I think so. Well, I, I'll do it. And then, and then he can attend the meeting next Wednesday. So. Okay. We appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. 
So what we'll do is we will reconvene next Wednesday to meet on this. But uh, Consolidate, did you you had a resolution that you offered um, previously? I believe that yes, you I'd like to reintroduce that. I'd like to reintroduce the motion, Mr. President, to authorize council to integrate the changes that we've made this evening um, that would be outlined in the committee report uh, for her review so that uh, we can have a finalized zoning amendment uh, to take a look at and then hopefully move forward to uh, the CD board. Okay, on that motion by Council and I. Thank you, Mr. President. Seconded by Vice President Caviello. Claude Curtis, please call the roll. Hang on. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Council Marks. Present. Are you voting yes or no? Uh, I'm going to vote yes right now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Council Morell? Yes. Council Scarpelli? Yes. President Falco? Yes. Governor President. <laughs> the motion passes. Motion to adjourn. On the motion. On the motion, Council and I to adjourn the meeting, seconded by Council Affairs. Clerk Curtis, please call the roll. <laughs> motion to adjourn. Uh, who's second in the motion? I'm sorry, missed the second. Pick a councilor. They all did. All right. Council um, Bears. Council Bears second. <laughs> Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative. Zero the negative. The motion passes. The meeting is adjourned. Uh, thank you, everyone, for all your help tonight. This is a great meeting. Very productive. Appreciate everyone's help. help. This is a great team effort. So thank you, everyone. Good, good job, Mr. President. Thank you very thank much. You, Mr. President. Thank you, everyone. Good job. Great job. Thank you.